What's up, bench warmers? Episode 15 of the Far End of the Bench with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant. Jimmy's sitting here now as Nico's getting ready to go to his uh, little kid practice. He's coaching youth basketball. That was a little uncalled for Jimmy, but well, well, my kids are hoopers. His kids are hoopers, not little league basketball. His little hoopers, he's going to go coach those kids. Uh, but we got a great episode for you guys today. We talk and NHL released their reverse retro unis, so we break down some of the jerseys for the different franchises. NBA, Masters, NFL, NCAA football, we talk about it all. And uh, we, we got some things to account for after we had Victory Wednesday a couple weeks ago. This is Come to Jesus Wednesday, as we both had to face some hard truths with our, with our NFL teams. Uh, but that's what we got in store for you for this episode. Be sure to follow the pod on social media, at Pod, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, and ring the notification bell far into the bench. We release our episodes Thursdays there, center of attention videos on Monday, and we'll also be releasing the NFL Unhinged shows there as well Sunday mornings. And uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, subscribe, rate, review us, follow us on Spotify so you can keep up, keep growing with the bench, and catch us live on the Unhinged Sports Network every Wednesday from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern, and the on-demand episodes are available right after. So I think without further ado, I'll follow the network, Unhinged Sports Network, at Network Unhinged on Twitter and Unhinged SN on Instagram. Uh, go check those guys out. Tons of great shows. I'm going to be going on one of them next week, the Air Raid Attack football show, so I'll be uh, branching out a little bit on the Unhinged Sports Network, but tons of great content there, tons of great blogs. Go to unhingedsn.com to check that out. And now, you know what, let's get into Nico's center of attention. He's got a lot of Nuggets takes. Can, can we just skip past the NFL stuff and just talk about basketball, Jimmy? I, we'll start with basketball, but we've got to talk football. What's going on, bench warmers, man? It's been a tough week for football. It's it's not Jimmy and I's week, so I wanted to lighten things up a little bit and talk about some hopes because basketball season is officially back to December 22nd, but the NBA draft is on Wednesdays or today as you guys listen to this. So we got to talk about this. My my focus today's episode uh, for the center attention is on Tim Connolly of Denver Nuggets. Tim Connolly needs to make moves now. The NBA championship window is very, very small. Unlike the NFL where players can play a little bit longer and you have talent constantly coming in, the NBA championship window is very, very small and the Nuggets are right there. Jokic is going to have an incredible year. Jamal Murray is hitting his prime and hitting his stride. Now it's time for Tim Connolly to step up, make moves, make things that are going to make this organization at the top of the Western Conference because that's the only way because this is our window right now. We lost our window when we had Melo. Melo, we had two years. I want more than two years where we're in contention um, for a title. That's not that's this team has much more potential than that. We have to be better um, in the front office to make sure we continue doing that. If we take if we take small steps and continue just to do not take things or make do things that take us to the next level, that's just going to hurt us in the end. Um, I'm, I, I have a lot of faith in Sim Connolly, but he needs to make moves. He needs to make moves, whether it be Drew Holiday or the guy that I personally like, Bradley Beal. It doesn't matter. Either way, Tim Connolly makes some moves because the Nuggets championship went, championship window, I can't talk, is wide open, and we need to use this right now. What's up, bench warmers? Nico just got done giving you a little bit of a taste of what we have in store. We're going to talk a lot of NBA free agency coming up this episode. 
Uh, but first, we'll start it off. We, we have to mention it because we made such a big deal about Victory Wednesday. This is Come to Jesus Wednesday. We both had two very disappointing losses on Sunday with the Broncos and the Bengals. Uh, that kind of made us sound pretty stupid. So if you go back and listen to episode 13 when we're both in, both in orange... And That's, I'll tell you right now, we're never both wearing orange again. I guarantee that. No, no, <laughs> never wear orange. Broncos, you shouldn't wear orange as a Broncos fan. They never win anything in orange. Uh, but go back, listen to how excited we were, and then compare that with how NFL talk is going to go today. It's going to be drastically different. But let's like, I mean, you lightened up the mood already. But I think we got to take it that step further because you you met you were up early for the the retro the reverse retro drop that the NHL is doing for jerseys. So. Why, why don't you introduce yeah, the people? So, so first off, before we start with that, for all the YouTube listeners out there, I'm rocking my old school Denver Nuggets jerseys, jersey, uh, the Chris Anderson jersey. Chris, or Jimmy didn't even know who the jersey was at first, so I'm a little disappointed considering he was a guest on our show. Whatever. But So the retro jerseys did come out today, and by far, Avalanche had the best jersey. 100%. That's a if, complete if consensus. ESPN, NHL Network, anybody that you ask. The Avalanche are number one. It's just one. because the the tradition behind the Nordiques logo mm-hmm. with the Avalanche current colors is so beautiful. But I'm gonna give it to Adidas and the NHL man. There's so many good jerseys. Like this, yeah. this is like some of these jerseys should be the primary. I'm be honest with you. I mean, there's a lot of great ones. I mean, I get it. It's like reverse retro, so like you can't really stick because there's so many classic organizations. Um, you can't really like yeah. some of the big big like teams like Montreal's normal jersey, but like I mean, some of them are still so icy. Some of them you're running into like one of my favorites, uh, the Minnesota North Stars. You're running into the fact that you have a franchise in Minnesota now, because technically the Minnesota North Stars were the Dallas Stars before they got moved to Texas from Minnesota originally. So that's a little yeah. bit iffy when you get into the retro reverse. Yeah. Technically, the Minnesota Wild have never worn the North Star jerseys. Yeah, I don't really like the Wild either. And it's just, I that, don't, co- that color scheme just does not fit with their current logo. I don't like the Wild, but I do have like a soft spot. I like the I really like the Connecticut, the Hartford Whalers oh, jersey, but just because they they brought back the original whale on the. Uh, when they were up in Connecticut. Yeah, the Hurricanes. Yep. They really shut out those. Okay, well then, go, give me your top three then. Your top three. My top reasons. three. Besides the abs. Besides, besides, yeah, the, abs, besides the abs. That's consensus number one. Me and, Jim, me and Jimmy definitely already going to buy that jersey. We're going to spend all of the money. I might buy all two. My, yeah. All Actually, my sports betting money is going to that. Not the PS5 yet, but all yeah. my sports betting money is going to go to that. I'm not buying the PS5 until they can guarantee that it's not going to burst into flames. Um, but I'm going to go my top three. First one, um, Lady Liberty with the New York Rangers. You want to talk about, like, one of the more downtrodden franchises recently, but if you know anything about the history of the NHL, the New York Rangers are uh, one of the founding posts of the NHL. I'm not sure if they were an original six, but they they are very, very, uh, I mean, Mark Messier. That's why I like the Lady Liberty so much. All the navy blue and the red and the Statue of Liberty's face on it, that was a... One of the jerseys Mark Messier wore when he was a Ranger, so I, I love those jerseys. What's what's one of your other ones? My one, man. Well, I, I, I mean, if you know me personally, you'll know that I went to Grand Canyon University, so I grew up. I, you adopt? I, did you adopt the Coyotes? I didn't adopt the Coyotes because the Avs are always my diehard team, but I do kind of like the Yotes just because I've gotten a chance to meet people with an organization and yada yada yada, working for the sports management club. But the Yotes jerseys, I mean. GCU is a purple. That were, our main color is purple, and that purple jersey is so clean, man. At purple, it's a tough, tough color to use in different like 
ways, but the way you used to use it with that with the um, Kachina dog helmet or dog head, I guess, dog, whatever it may be called, um, with the canyon below on the tread below, it's so clean, man. I'm definitely probably gonna cop that as well, just because I'm, I'm probably not gonna get a name on it. I may get Phil Kessel just because I love me some Phil Kessel and yeah. I love the hot dogs, but uh, it's very very clean. That's that's five. That's a cool five hundred that you're gonna shell out for those jerseys. Because I looked this morning, the NHL jerseys are already like 180 bucks, yeah. anyways. And then the reverse retros started like 220. If you get a name on it, 250. So maybe I'll just ask for the Coyotes jersey for Christmas and have that be a gift, and then buy the Nordiques one by myself. There you myself, go. So. There you go. I mean, I I saw somebody the Avalanche were reaching out on Twitter this morning. Some guy wrote a letter to Santa. It's like, all I want is the, is the Avs reverse retro jersey. I feel like I've been a good enough boy this year. And I, I, I 100% back up that statement. My next reverse retro that I really liked, uh, I'm a, weirdly enough, I'm kind of a Philadelphia Flyers fan. I love the Broad Street Bullies. Weird. When you got, when you got five enforcers on the ice back in the 70s and they would legitimately throw hands with anybody, that's where you kind of win, win points in my heart. Mm-hmm. And I, orange and black. That's like my go-to color scheme, apparently, with all my teams. I like Oklahoma State. I like the Bengals. And I'm, I think the Flyers are kind of clean. That's fair. I, my next one, I think it's pretty pretty easy. Like the, the Los Angeles Kings, man. Those those jerseys. So the Kings have are usually black, um, silver, and white. Uh, but that purple color that they used way back when, when, when they, they first, that, first like, showed up, when they first showed up with the current logo, kind of, it makes it so clean, man. That's another jersey I cop. I probably am not buying that one, to be honest, because I don't really care for the Kings. But it's a really, really clean jersey from top to bottom, man. Yeah, I mean, my last one, uh, I mentioned North Stars. That was my original one that I was going to go with. I'm kind of leaning more towards. And it's going to sound weird, but Pittsburgh, I really like the old school Pittsburgh, like the Mario Lemieux, mm-hmm. um, when they have the name of the city going diagonally across the chest. I really like the Avalanche sweater that they have, mm-hmm. Burgundy and Colorado across. Yeah. And the Penguins on that, on the shoulder of that one, are just like the classic um, NHL Penguins logo. So I really like the reverse retros that they're going to be doing for the Penguins. Yeah, I mean, it's very classic. Penguins do have a lot of, like, they kind of have the same color scheme, basically. So it's kind of... Um, Weird with them, but my my last one. I know a lot of people really don't like this one. I mean, we're not we, we don't like the Flames Plus podcast because oh, we're an ass fan. But I love the logo. I love that horse logo with the flames coming out of the nostrils. I think that's just so sick. The black with I mean the red trim too, man. I think it's a really really clean jersey. If you're a Flames fan, I'm getting that jersey ASAP. Yep. But I hate the Flames, so I'm not getting that. So I'm gonna give them credit. For a sick jersey, like you gave credit to the Wild because the Wild technically are the Avs rivals. Yeah, but I don't I'm like give them the credit, but it's not. It's I've never forgotten that jersey. Yeah. Let's. I, we didn't talk about doing this one before we started the show. Worst one, Detroit. Whoa. Red, Detroit. By, Red by far the Red Wings. Detroit I mean, Red Wings. I know you hate the Stars, and I know you have your. Oh no, I hate but, I hate the Red Wings way more than I. Hate yeah, the, the Red Wings are by far my least favorite hockey team. The Red Wings are it is such poor effort. Mm-hmm. Such poor effort. Yes, they have the same exact jersey for the last 30 years. They've never changed it. Never changed it, but like do something. Like make Ugh. it make it black, make it like an all black with a red 
That would be That would be At least I'd like watching you get your ass kicked by the Avalanche if you wore those. Do something different, man. This is terrible. Especially when you're such a bad franchise where they are at the moment. Like, they're so downtrodden. A two-year-old could have made that sweater. It's so bad. They basically asked all the old-school Detroit Red Wings fans, like, what should we change with the logo? And all those guys like, nothing. Don't change anything. Honorable mention of also very bad is the Oilers because they literally almost did nothing to their jersey. So it's it's basically the exact same. So it's piss poor effort, too. I do want... If I was going to get one that's not an Avalanche jersey, I would get a 99 Oilers jersey because it's a 79 color scheme that they put on there. So that yeah. was like his first year. It would be kind of cool, especially with the C and the 99. They, they've been kind of going back and forth that, with those colors, though. So I, I, they could have done something different than that white color jersey. Yeah, honestly, they look pretty cool. In, uh, I'm pretty sure NHL has them one time in all black. Yeah. And they're pretty cool. What do you think of the Vegas Golden Knights reverse retro? I don't know how I feel about them. The red is just interesting. Vegas, I... It's hard well, to have they, a they, retro when you've only been around. Yeah, they just added the gold jerseys this year, um, so they have gold. I would love this because they have a silver uh, main jersey, so I would love seeing a black one maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think an all-black one would look sick with their logo, but I don't know how I feel about the red. I do like their secondary logo. I just don't know about the red. That's the only thing about it. Yeah, the, the, second, the, one, the one I want to mention, too, I want to say real quick is the Capitals one. The, I, I love that old logo, the, the bald eagle coming across, and then you have the Capitals. Um, on the on the shoulders mm-hmm. as well. I think that's very clean, but like the logo is a little too big. It's a little too much going on in my opinion. But yeah, and then like some of my other franchises that I kind of like, uh, Tampa. I'm I'm kind of a I, I guess I have to be a Tampa fan with as hard as I wrote them during their playoff playoff run. The old school Tampa Bay. I get it, but it's not one of my favorites of all time. Columbus kind of looks stupid with their weird font in the seat. Yeah, that was their one of their original logos. That's the only reason behind that. Uh, I. The, the, one, the, the one other, sorry, I'm going to cut you off real quick. The one other jersey that I was kind of disappointed with, but I knew it was coming, was the Ducks jersey. Mm-hmm. I do like the, the logo. It's just a weird thing to have on a main jersey. It should it's, it should be a youth team jersey. It's a jersey. youth team jersey. I think the Ducks really fell with that. They could have easily done a um, uh, D2 or D1 My Ducks logo, mm-hmm. like like the old like move from the movie. Yeah, that with would the, the Voorhees mask and the yeah, sticks. With, yeah, with the logo, that that duck, I would that's, that'd be an automatic cop, but... Um, I, I don't mind it. It just doesn't really fit with the whole jersey because there's so much of the jersey that's just not used, I guess. I don't know. It's weird. Why are the devils going going to be Christmas trees? Well, they, they've they always had like a thir- secondary or a thir- third color be green kind of going back to the Brodeur days, but not that often. So I don't, I mean, I don't mind they're, it. They look like legit Christmas. It looks like they're running from Santa's workshop onto the ice. Yeah. That's yeah. I don't like that color scheme with the way they're doing it. Those are, honestly, I think they dropped December 1st. Uh, pre-order, if you're a big NHL fan, I definitely pre-order now. I know it's a lot of money, but these are going to go fast. fast. And fast. who knows how long, how often they're going to restock because it is kind of like a special um, jersey. Hopefully they give some sort of discount. Yeah. Uh, I, I do, give, like I said, I give NHL a lot of kudos because it's, it's, it's a fantastic idea. Um, well, who's the NHL commissioner? they keep doing it. Batman. I, it's I it's Batman. one good thing that's very Batman. Batman, Batman but I hate yeah. Gary Batman. He probably didn't Batman. come up with the idea, but he has to be the last say so since yeah, he's the idea. We'll give Adidas the um, nod for that. Maybe Adidas ought to think about spanning out into the octagon because Reebok's contract is coming up with the UFC. Well, uh, well, the UFC is now is going over to um, Venom, so that's a little thing. Well, so that's, a, that's there a you go. Thing, now, I guess now we can move on to some actual sports. It's not going to be fun to talk about most of this, but... Basketball is going to be a lot of fun. Basketball will be fun. Basketball and will I guess, be a lot of fun. Well, the Masters, it, oh, it, was, yeah. it was fun because we got some fun stories out of it. But Jeremy 
God damn, did he make us look stupid. Oh my god, you're, you and me are dumbasses. <laughs> we do not know the game of golf whatsoever. I take Bryson DeChambeau, and he was god-awful. So, so bad. You'll hear about him in our new featured episode. You'll see that. Next yeah, new segment coming up later. Um, But that was just horrendous. I mean... I almost, I almost was so happy this weekend because if it wasn't for Tiger on hole twelve where he got the plus ten, I would he would have finished top ten and I would have had money in my pocket. But didn't happen, and it was just the rest is history. But Bryce, do you ridiculous. think that the course is sentient? Do you think that it heard Bryson say this course is a par sixty nine for me, and then it decided like he said it's par sixty seven. I'm going to swallow your ball because who knows where that first one that he hit in the in the rough went? I think he's still probably out there looking for it. It was. It, it was, he, he crushes the ball. Yeah. And, and if you listen to the episode Friday, Jeremy said this course comes down to the irons and getting to the green, not necessarily the how far you can drive the fuck ball. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, it's not going to be that. And that's just how that's how Dustin Johnson won. That, I mean, that's how Tiger fell out of contention too because he couldn't play. It was the iron shots that he couldn't get over off the, the green, water. Yeah, or off the tee, yeah. It, it was just uh, – and the wind was pretty – it didn't look like there was too much weather. But like the wind looked uh, looked yeah. pretty bad. It was like kicking a field goal in Soldier Field. Yeah, you never bad. know where the wind was going to take. And plus, it comes goes into factor too. Without fans there, like a lot more wind closer to the ground mm-hmm. too, and that kind of affects the chip shots no, more yeah. and stuff I like didn't that. Think about that. Uh, that more, be... more than the normal long balls, because in a normal setting with fans there, the um, chip shots and the uh, maybe iron shots don't get affected as much, just because. The fans are kind of picking up the wind, I guess, and it's 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 going on. It has to go through many people. Yeah, um, I didn't think that that's, actually that's makes a quick science little... analogy for the science case. Yeah, there, but this is a pro science moment. <laughs> I I think it makes sense. I I think that the people standing around, especially on the tee box, would yeah. make a, a little bit of a difference. Yeah. Um, Dustin Johnson destroyed. Didn't he break a record yeah. on the course? The the lowest. Uh, well, I mean, it's lowest is a good thing. The lowest score ever at a Masters was was minus eighteen at the time, held by um, Tiger and yeah. Spieth, and he, Dustin Johnson almost killed that. He almost birdied the last hole. Almost had a minus twenty one. He barely missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he hit a, hit a minus twenty, which is ridiculous, absolutely insane. Like I I don't think I've ever shot a minus twenty in my whole life. Like, 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 all of my courses combined. I mean, I know I'm a bad golfer, but, like, I'm not that bad. Like, yeah. I think I've hit maybe 20 birdies in my life. And considering he did that in four rounds, it's crazy. On one of the hardest courses to play golf at. In one of the biggest moments. That's, yeah. Professional athletes are different. Even golfers. I don't know. Like, you can debate whether or not they're athletes. They do spend a lot of their time just walking around or riding in a cart. But that is, that is a crazy thing to think about. There's only 18 holes, and he beat the course by – he basically doubled up well, the yeah, course the, almost. Well, yeah, the minus 20 was a compilation of all four rounds, but still he came into the the, the fourth round with a five-shot lead. Mm-hmm. He the, the next closest was minus 15. Cam Johnson, who was in second place, who's uh, – or sorry, Cam Johnson, Cameron Smith, sorry. Cameron Smith, I think Cam Johnson because I think basketball. <laughs> Cameron Smith, um, he uh, shot a minus 15. He was the first ever uh, – tournament player at the Masters to shoot under 70 all four rounds. And he didn't win. He didn't win. Are you kidding me? He shot a minus 15 and you lose by five strokes. Well, that's the other thing. Like, that's insane. I watched I watched Tiger um, struggle on that one hole and I was we, my dad and I were kind of flipping since there was no game on CBS we were kind of flipping back and forth between the Masters weirdly enough. That, yeah, that's, I mean, that is your dad shock, watching golf. That is a that's shock a big, if you know my family. It's a big movement. Yeah, Damn. there wasn't even any high school football on to break it up but um, you never really thought that DJ was going to fall. I never really had a, a worry that he was going to fall back behind 
even when the guys that was at a time where he was it was closer. He wasn't leading everybody by a lot. He he was like five strokes, and that could have been taken out. He has a couple bad holes. That lead is gone like that. So it, I never really thought that DJ was in any trouble once he was ahead by that much, and that's that's also pretty impressive. It's like, I mean, it's like when you hear stories about the Super Bowl where the Patriots lost to the Eagles, and the Eagles didn't actually believe that they had won until they were taking the final knee because Brady had 60 seconds or whatever he had left before he got stripped. So, like, he 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 absolutely dominated. That was one of the best performances I think I can remember for a while. Oh, 100%, man. The dude played an incredible round. He's going to be one of my picks or one of my segments of the week. You'll hear about him later on again. But, I mean, on top of that, he also is married to Wayne Gretzky's wife. Don't forget about Gretzky's that. Gretzky's daughter? Gret- or wife, wow. He's, Paul- he's married to Paulina? Yeah, he's married to Paulina Gretzky. He has, he has a family with or Gretzky's daughter. So those genes are uh, pretty good in the Dustin Johnson household. Yeah, that's like... I, I, I Kids are going to be pro hockey players and shoot... Incredible. Well, oh, they're going to be snipers with a with a hell of a, a slap shot because they're, they're going to be able to decide where they put the puck in the net. I didn't know that he was married to Paulina. Paulina's hot too, by the way. She is. Yeah, she yeah. is a. Dustin Johnson is, is enjoying himself. That's He's a sure. lucky person. Yeah, that's. Why can't everybody have it all? Why can't somebody have it all? Uh, let's get into some college football because the scoreboard. Some of these games were a little bit interesting. Miami. That was one of your beats of the week. You got it, mm-hmm. barely. I didn't, barely. It was a lot closer of a game than I thought. Derek King kind of struggled against the Virginia Tech defense, um, and Miami's defense was kind of exposed a little bit where they are good and they have a really good defensive coordinator, but sometimes they play out of, out of position. And, and if they're not in sync in the secondary, they are very liable. That, yeah. is, that is one thing about Miami, and that's going to hurt them moving forward when they have to play a Notre Dame or a Clemson if they make it to the yeah, ACC well, I mean, championship. They, they already played Clemson, and that we saw, all saw how that happened, and they just got murked. But, I mean, it was an easy beat of the league. I'm, I mean, I'm not surprised, man. I mean, we, I may not be able to pick golfers, but I know how to pick the rest of the sports. So, um, yeah, it, I wasn't too, too surprised about that. It was kind of a quiet week on the college football just because uh, or there were some SEC schools not playing, and um, I don't think Ohio State's game got canceled. Got Bama's canceled. game got canceled. Uh, Georgia's postponed. Uh, there's a lot of tough ones. The one thing I do want to talk about, though, um, Pac-12, a little bit of Pac-12, the, the CU Buffs taking down Stanford. Uh, former teammate of both you and I, Demetri Stanley, with a 55-yard touchdown. There you go. Shout out, Meat. Shout out, uh, Meat. They, they dominated Stanford. It was a closer game at the end. Just Ooh, 126 yards. Demetri yeah, out there out. eating. Oh, shit. Meat was balling out, so shout out, Meat. But um, he's uh, it's cool to see him doing well. Um, like I said, CU is kind of my adopted college football team just because my two older brothers went there and my school doesn't have a college football team. So You guys should look into that probably. Yeah. And I bet their game's canceled this week because, yeah, fucking Corona, man, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, Notre Dame didn't struggle with Boston College. They kind of did the same thing that Clemson did when they played Boston College where it was close and then they yeah. had to kind of pull away towards the end. Um, and then Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. Mich- what they're, the they're frauds. Hell? They're frauds. John Harbaugh is going to join his brother in the unemployment line um, soon if Baltimore Ravens don't get their shit together. Oh, that was bad. We'll talk plenty about that game later. Jim and John are too. about to be out of jobs very soon. Something something happened in the Harbaugh family where they aren't the the godsend to coaching anymore. They were for a while, especially like they were Super Bowl matchup. Yeah. And then Michigan was kind of successful under Jim Harbaugh. I think he's going to finish out the season. Oh, yeah, no, they'll, they'll let him finish out the season. I think he's not going he to. He is now in the possibility of getting fired middle of next season, though. Because 
I think Michigan's one of the schools like with a big name like Harbaugh, they're not gonna fire him mid season. I think they do it at the end. Um, I don't. I, I, I don't. If they keep him around for one more year, then he's gonna finish the year out. I don't think they're gonna um, fire a coach middle of the year. It's just very hard, especially in college football, to fire a coach middle of the year. Um, I know like some of the smaller schools do that, but like it's Michigan as storied of a program as they are, it's probably not gonna happen. I believe. It's it'll be kind of depend on how they finish out the season, I think, because they got Rutgers, Penn State, Maryland, and then Ohio State, obviously at the end. I think they're going to get killed by Ohio State this year. That's you always you have that X factor of the wild, of the rivalry game, and that's that's a big rivalry. So they'll be up to play that game, but Jim Harbaugh can't beat Ohio State, yeah. and he's proven that. If they lose to Rutgers or Maryland, if they lose one of those two games. I get what you're saying about firing a coach midseason, especially in college. It's it's not easy to do. He's already recruiting for the next class. But at Michigan, you normally get three shots at Ohio State. If you don't beat Ohio State within those three years, you're normally done. We're going now on Harbaugh at like year six. So you've already not been able to beat Ohio State. We're now not even a top 25 school. We got pounded by Wisconsin. We got upset by Indiana. Uh, yeah, they did, right? Yeah, they, they did. They yeah. got upset by Indiana. They, did, yes. they they are not moving in the right direction, no matter how good the program. I think he's getting kept around because the program is great off the field. They yeah. he's recruited really good people, really good students. They're very highly regarded, but you need a little bit of an edge to win. Yeah. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's necessarily because um, the the. the team he's been put together is not gelling together or if it's the talent just lacking just because people are realizing that we shouldn't go to Michigan now, we should go to Ohio State or we should go to another school like Indiana now because they're in the conversation yeah. um, and possibly join join them and that, their upcoming programs where Michigan's falling apart. I mean, the best thing Harbaugh has done for Michigan is have make them a Jordan brand uh, school. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. like He ha- hasn't really done much else. Like he, he's, he's got that and he's not even recruiting. He's back to back to back to back Big Ten runner up. <laughs> he he can't get good. He can't get the big athletes. That's Michigan's always and they they're not getting anybody from Ohio or at least anybody from Ohio that's any good. When Michigan was dominating, they would take the best player from Ohio and that would be. I don't even think that he's like giving the game as much credit as he should. I'm I'm not obviously not in the meeting rooms, but most of the time when you're a coach brought into that situation, and you have a rivalry game that's that big. You say, we don't give a shit about the rest of the schedule. We're beating this fucking team. I'm building this school to beat that team no matter what because as long as I do that, my fan base will be semi-happy with me. We get a win every single year against our big rival, and that's how you kind of take the time to build the program to where you need it to. He kind of went the opposite way. He built up his team, but he didn't even build it to beat Ohio State. Yeah. And that's you, if you're not going to beat Ohio State, the number one team in your conference, you're never going to win a championship. Exactly. It's it's, it's, back, it's counterintuitive to everything that Michigan is trying to do, and it makes absolutely no sense he's still there. I do think that he's going to finish out the season because this, this season is enough of a mulligan, but come on, man. I need good. Michigan football to be good. I need that I, game I to mean something towards the end of the year. I need them to be good, but I think there's a lot of other schools in that Big Ten that um, can battle with Ohio State now because Michigan has fallen off the map. But um, the next thing I want to talk about, because this week – um, huge game. We have hopefully it doesn't get canceled. Knock on wood. If you're with me, that's uh, not wood, but uh, wood's up there. I'll, yeah, you know whatever. But I knocked for both. Knocked for both of us. But um, Indiana playing Ohio State going to be a fantastic game. Indiana ranked eighth now in the country. Um, this we we talked about a little bit last week. 
with with Jeremy, but this is going to be a fantastic game. Right now, the cup, the the spread is plus twenty and a half, which I think is very very disrespectful to Indiana. I do think Ohio State will win, but I don't think it's going to be that bad. No, I think that's that's just um, based off of previous history. The lines will shrink very very drastically by the time this game hopefully does get underway. It's right now it's kind of enticing the not so enthused like. If you're not a big college football fan, you haven't been paying attention to Indiana. Oh, Indiana, plus, Indiana minus uh, twenty and a half or whatever. Plus, the, plus half, yeah. It's it's an easy bet on Ohio State. Like make some quick money back. Yeah, it'll yeah. it'll shrink. Um, I honestly kind of think that Indiana having the game last week and Ohio State not having the game doesn't skew the favor as much in Ohio State as you would have thought originally. Mm-hmm. Because it maybe broke up the rhythm that they were still trying to build from not having any games up until October. So there is that that coming up. It's very tough for me to say that Indiana is going to upset Ohio State, especially in Columbus. But I do think, like you, it'll be close. Yeah, I think, I think that I love Tom Allen. I love the head coach of Indiana. I think that he's a, a great coach in college football and adding to the Big Ten coaching legacy. But, like... That is a huge jump to make in yeah, one season. It may take a few more years, but Indiana has solidified itself now with that program. If Tom Allen got to keep recruiting, got to keep getting, getting Tom, good recruits. Hopefully, Tom Allen sticks around and doesn't get, lead to get a better job. Because I mean, you look at the way he's turned that program around. Big schools are going to come at him. Maybe Michigan comes at him. Hopefully, he sticks with Indiana though. But I, I do think it's going to be a closer game. I think Jeremy would say this exact same thing, just because. Um, He's he's both Ohio State and Indiana fan, so he's a little bit both. But yeah, either, either way, that. I think Indiana will cover. I don't I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but it's hard to pick against Justin Fields. Yeah, Justin Fields and Ryan. Michael Penix Jr. has played well. We give him that credit, but he's not Justin Fields. Yeah, and Ryan Day is is that much better of a schematic coach than yeah. Tom Allen. I think Tom Allen may be a little bit better of a coach overall. Um, that is that is a it's it's a big noon kickoff game too. It's early in the day, so you you get to wake up, get right into the big games. Um, there's not really too many other games that I would pay too much attention to coming up next week. Wisconsin Northwestern. That's a top twenty-five matchup, and that'll be Wisconsin's got to be dominant the rest of the season, I think, to make it to the big tw- Big Ten championship since they yeah. missed a couple weeks. Um, so that'll be that'll have a lot on the line. Um, Alabama plays Kentucky, so that's, that's going to be a walkthrough. That's, that's going to be a walkthrough. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Bedlam is this weekend. That's another big college football rivalry, and I know um, one of our guys on the Unhinged Network, Air Raid Attack. I'm going to go on his show, and I'll, I'll plug that a little bit more um, coming up. But that'll be a, a huge game uh, because if Oklahoma State wins, they still are keeping themselves alive in the playoff race. If if there is a little bit more chaos towards the top of the rankings, they're sitting at 14 right now. Uh, but they're they're honestly an underdog by seven, and I talk about them in my beats of the week. But I think Oklahoma State finally can be an Oklahoma team who doesn't have a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback again. Yeah, Rattler, Spencer Rattler is not um, Jalen Hurts, or he's not uh, Baker, Kyler Murray, or, or Baker, Kyler. or whatever it may be. So he's got a ways to go. But yeah, I don't, I, don't, I still don't think um, Oklahoma State has a shot. The only, I think the only way I see them is they can't, they have to have the top three stay true, and then they have to have four be chaos. That's the only way to see it. Because if, if an Alabama team loses, 
loses one game. This goes for Cincinnati as well. Um, if Alabama loses one game, they're probably still in the hunt for the four seed. And I think I'd put an Alabama team who's played almost a majority schedule and only one loss still in the playoff over them. So they got to have the top three and maybe Indiana lose another game or something like that because you have to have Ohio State win out. You have to have Notre Dame win out. You have to have um, – who's the third team? Ohio State. Ohio State, oh, Ohio State, yeah, Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Alabama. You have to have those three win out and make and stick with it. And now that um, since or Notre Dame beat Clemson, you have Clemson fall off to get in that final fourth spot because there's no way you're overlapping Clemson. And if Alabama loses, that or Alabama will be in contention with a four seed as yeah. well. So that's how Clemson fall apart. And they have to have um, chaos in that position, which could very well happen because if Notre Dame wins the ACC, then that knocks Clemson out. If you're a fan in Stillwater, you want two major things. You're you're hoping that Oklahoma State can finish out the rest of their schedule. They've got to finish with one loss, no matter what, win the Big 12 championship. And then you're hoping you're going to be an Auburn fan during the Iron Bowl so that Alabama picks up a loss going into the SEC championship. And then you also want whoever Alabama plays in that SEC championship, Texas A&M, Florida, to pull off an upset. And then I think they can make it in. Um, but if it's a one-loss ACC team like Clemson or Notre Dame or a one-loss SEC team, whoever wins the SEC championship, they'll, yeah, they'll have the, they will, they'll they'll have have the, right the over majority over Oklahoma State. Yeah. I agree with you there. Uh, now let's let's move into some NFL football before. God damn, we really got to do this, man. I really <clears> don't want to talk about we, this. We don't have to. I mean, we're going to spend – we got to spend some time on our teams, unfortunately. God. But we can look around. There's other teams that have qu- pl- plenty of own, their own shit that we can bring up. Uh, the Bills losing – on the last second play, Kyler Murray. Did he announce himself in the MVP race? I, I, I don't know. I, I know you guys talked about it on the NFL on Hen Show, which is on Sunday mornings. If, if you guys don't listen, Jimmy's on it. I'll be on it some weeks, depending on my schedule, but most weeks I'll be on there. Uh, but you guys have the conversation to have the Lamar versus Kyler um, debate, and I think fully now I'm on the Kyler, I'm on the Kyler train. Kyler, or God damn, it's weird saying that, but Kyler Murray is a stud, and he, he, he's, he's the MVP conversation now, 100%. 100%. Dude has been unbelievable. He's he's very smart with it, too. He has a great running or, or ability as well, but he's smart. He doesn't take many hits. doesn't no, take many hits at all. That's one of the things that we mentioned when we had this debate. It's Kyler is – he runs a lot more than Lamar does. Lamar is really – Kyler's more of a scrambler. Lamar is a drop back. If no thing's open, then I'm going to take off and run. So it, they have that difference there. But Kyler either finishes by going out of bounds or sliding. He never really gets tackled. Yeah. So even though he's running a lot more, he's not getting the wear and tear that most of these mobile quarterbacks do. Um, and, and I thought Lamar had a chance. I think he got robbed of a chance to maybe t- stake another claim in that argument on Sunday night. Let's we let's start there because that was an interesting game. I'm going to talk about it a little bit more. But the Ravens lose to the Patriots, 23-17. The Patriots, who were two weeks ago, we were saying are done done for maybe in the running of tanking the rest of the season. Now they're back in four and five. They're back at four and five, and, and who knows? They're right, right there for a wild card. But the Ravens looked like crap, and then on their, they still ended up having a chance to come back and win. Yeah. Lamar was driving them a little bit, and you have a 16-yard bad snap fumble that basically ruin, ruins your chances of, of doing anything in that game. They're fighting monsoon, and I just don't think that Lamar's played as good as he can, especially in the first half of the last two weeks, because they should have lost to Indianapolis, and then they lose this close He's game. not using his weapons. Marquise Brown, or Hollywood Brown, is is completely irrelevant. He, he doesn't throw him the ball at all. Mark Andrews, who was one of the best tight ends in the NFL last year, is not used at all. I mean, yeah, J.K. Dobbins is, is still getting his stride, but Mark Ingram is 
he's older. He's, he's, he's right up there with Frank Gore being not – I mean, it's tough having him being your RB1. You have to have production elsewhere, and that's, that's Lamar's not getting that. And then when, that pre- when, when everyone's zoned in on you and not respecting Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews, it makes life so much easier for defense. Because yeah. you can stack the box and then worry about Lamar, and then knowing that you can single coverage Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews makes life easier, and the Ravens' offense is stagnant. And that defense, their defense is good. They had some pretty big stops, but uh, D, the, the Patriots had Damian Harris, who is like a practice squad running back. I think it's... Oh, uh, he's, not, he's not a practice squad. He right? was, and then he got brought... Uh, I think he earned Because he was, he was drafted this year. They, they drafted him because he's a, he's a running back out of Alabama, and he had a pretty good year at Alabama last year, but... He um, he's just he he got drafted. I think it was in the third round or something like that. But he's had um, he had, he had to sit behind uh, their other two running backs. James, yeah, James yeah. White, Rex yeah. Burkett. He had 121 yards rushing by himself last night, and the Ravens only had 115. And we like to talk about the Ravens being an old school smash mouth. We're going to run it every single way that we possibly can with Ingram and Dobbins and Lamar. And you had a third round pick outrush your entire team. Yeah. That's that's where, especially last night, because you weren't going to be able to throw the ball. Lamar struggles throwing the ball anyways, and in the rain like that, even when he did hit a receiver in the hands, it's it's too difficult to try and come up with a pass. You, you're going to have to be able to run the ball, and they couldn't do that last night, and that's their, that is their thing. That is what the Ravens do. They're like the Steelers. They're going to be smash mouth and try and punch you in the face as much as you can, and they got punched back last night by the Patriots and never got back up. Yeah, no kidding. They're going to... They're gonna... I think Patriots now have a little more bright, or I don't know. I think that's more of a knock on the Ravens that game than it is for a better boost for the Patriots, uh, just because the conditions and Belichick knows how to win in those conditions, and obviously a hardball coach doesn't know how to. Um, so I, I, Lamar, I still believe in Lamar, but I think we're seeing a very, very similar to RG three um, back in the early 2010s, where he was an absolute stud at Washington. He had pieces around him, Alfred Morris. Um, Santana Moss, so many great weapons that he used, and then he just completely um, he, he, he would not be smart with his running. He would not be smart with his running, and hopefully Lamar never gets injured, but it could be one of those cases where he, he starts falling off the rails a little bit after having a great year because defenses are trying to zone in on him. Yeah, it's um, we'll see what happens with him moving forward. I already think defenses are figuring him out uh, pass-wise, and they're just not he's not developing fast enough for them to not be able to catch up to the, the run scheme. We'll go now. We'll stay in the AFC North. We'll go to my team first so that uh, we, you get a little bit of a reprieve before we have to talk about the, the Broncos. Can we talk about the free agency already? God damn. It's, co- oh. it's coming. We're close. Oh. It's coming, and I think we just we need to address oh, let's go. Yeah, let's the Bengals. Let's like ripping off a bad Band-Aid. Let's the, go. The Bengals turtled yesterday in Pittsburgh. They're still not ready to win there. They haven't in, I think, 10 years. They haven't beat the Steelers at all in five, and they haven't won in Pittsburgh in 10. Joe Burrow, first time in Heinz Field. Didn't look bad, but he definitely didn't look what he had during the rest of the season, and everybody else didn't give him too much help uh, other, otherwise. T. Higgins had a pretty good day, seven receptions, 115 yards. If he's on your waiver wires in your fantasy league, I don't know how much longer that's going. I'd try and pick him up for the last couple yeah, weeks. it's almost playoff time for fantasy football, which I went 0 for 3 this week, which is another terrible week. After going 3, and I just had a shit week, but... Yeah, I, it, it's Joe Burrow is going to have growing pains. Um, you're not at Pittsburgh's level yet. Um, you're going to have, to, like we said, you're going to have to bolster in the draft next year in free agency. But I think it's the right step in the stone. You have promise. I don't have any promise. So at least you have you're, you have something to look forward to. I don't. Your quarterback smiling after throwing four interceptions. No, no, no hold on. Before, before, I mean, we'll, we'll get into that in a second because that's going to piss me off more than anything when we talk about that. But 
Joe Burrow is going to be a stud. Um, I think the one thing that you guys struggled with was slowing down Claypool and slow, slowing down the outside threat that Pittsburgh had. Uh, the run game wasn't wasn't much, so they you did you did pretty well there. But you're gonna have to share up the corners in next year's draft. So I think I mean that that division has a lot of great talent on the outside. So it's, you're gonna have to worry about that with OBJ, uh, Jarvis Landry, Juju, Claypool. It, um, it's a wake up call. Yeah. Uh, not being a, I'm not we're not a playoff contention team. Not even for the wild card. I thought they gave me a little bit of life there. I thought we had a chance because we we really mathematically we do. But if you watch any of the games, you know that we don't. Uh, but it is, it's difficult to break a streak that long, not beating a team in their home stadium in 10 years. It, I mean, the, the Broncos are trying to do the same thing with the Chiefs, where they're just trying to beat the Chiefs and break a streak that's been going on for a few years. A few years in a streak is, is a lifetime, and it's yeah. difficult to overcome that, especially when the Steelers, organizationally, the Steelers are up here and the Bengals are probably near the bottom. I hate the owner of the Bengals, so I, I give him – Thank you for bringing me back to reality. I will no longer say that the Bengals are a playoff contender team. Hopefully they pick up a few more wins. we got the football team coming up, so it, it, it is doable. They can finish with a respectable record, but uh, playoffs are a distant future proposition that we are still very much working towards. And that's for the both of us. So now let's get into my team. First of all, why... Let's, uh, let me let me let me calm down for a second because I live in an apartment and there's people living around me. Why the fuck is Philip Lindsay only running the ball four times a game? He's your back-to-back a thousand-yard rusher. You give him the ball four times? Are you shitting me? Come on! I Drew Locke is not not he's not good. He's not good right now. But the fact we don't have a fucking running game hurts him even more. At least you have Joe Mixon to help Joe Burrow out. We have a fucking back-to-back thousand-yard rusher, and you're giving him the ball four times a game. Was Get the a, fuck out of Denver, Pat Shermer. Was that a self-preservation thing? Because he, wasn't he I four was, times? I know four times. He's on the four carries that he got. He got killed on. Because they can't block a soul, anyways. That's because we have a fucking fifth string right tackle in, so that's a whole other problem. Because we have one guy who doesn't want to play this fucking year, and everyone else wants to get hurt. So there's a whole other problem there. But 72 also had more penalties this weekend. Congrats. I'm still not saying your fucking name. So that's a whole other problem, man. It's just a very bad thing. It was this, a bad, this, bad. Here we go. I'm going to say this because this is probably very true, but this is the worst team we've had in the five years since our Super Bowl win. The worst team, and that's that's not that's that's because mostly injury. I'm gonna say about 50, 60 percent is because our injuries and how bad we've had, um, injury wise, and what what we, what we've been unable to keep like healthy whatsoever. But the fact going into Vegas, going to fucking Vegas, going into Vegas and playing the Raiders, a team that you beat last last year, the last game of the year, basically with the same squad, and you're supposed to be better, and then you only put up 12 points is just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. This is this is this is these last few weeks for the Denver Broncos. It's time for Drew Locke to see what he's made of. I don't care if we make the playoffs anymore. Now it's time to see is Drew Locke the guy. I I these last few weeks you do not bench him. You keep him in. You fucking see if he's worth it. If he's not worth it, then you draft a quarterback. That's where we're at right now. You it's one of those things where. It's, it's the same way we're, we're not as bad of a situation as the Jets are because we don't fucking suck that bad. But like it, how they're trying to test Sam Darnold, we have to test Drew Locke. It's the time now where if Drew Locke continues to put performances like this where we're putting up 12 points a game, then you got to look otherwise. Then you look elsewhere. And then maybe, I'm, say, 
on a limb, maybe Sam Darnold's the answer. Maybe go out and get him and trade for him or whatever and see what he's made of and get him and Drew Locke a little bit of competition. But either way, like it's it's just ridiculous. Drew Locke is better than that. I know he is, but he's just not showing. Not showing at all. He's dangerous he's dangerously close to moving into Dwayne Haskins on the sideline territory. You should not you threw one touchdown and four interceptions, you should not be smiling or celebrating anything. Even if you threw another touchdown on top of that, you should just be going to the sideline and trying to figure out how to be better. You don't, if you're Dwayne Haskins, you don't throw three interceptions and then brag about how many yards you threw for in the locker room. If you're Drew Locke, you do not sit on the bench when you're getting your ass handed to you and the team, the opposing team, the quarterback, didn't even throw a touchdown. Josh Jacobs ran for 112 yards, and that was pretty much it. Devontae Booker, who everybody in Denver doesn't think can run the ball, had 81 yards and two touchdowns. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Uh, I, I, fucking Chucky knows how to get his running backs going. Maybe Pat Sherman needs to fucking take some notes because Phil Lindsay, like I said, I'm going to keep saying, he's a back-to-back 1,000-yard rusher. I don't think in the history of the NFL has a 1,000-yard rusher the season before had only four carries. Four carries. My ass sitting at home has did as much fucking on the field than your 1,000-yard rusher. Phil Lindsay's better than that. You're giving Melvin Gordon touches. Like, yeah, he did had an okay game, but like... Phil Blinsley's back-to-back thousand-yard rusher. Get your shit together, Pat Shermer. Get the fuck out of the NFL. All right. I'm just so sorry. I'm so. We'll, we'll move on. We'll move I'm on because so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna needle you with football I'm anymore. So we'll it, talk it, about something that you actually like. I, I tweeted. I tweeted out. I was like, December twenty-second, basketball comes back. NHL doesn't have a return date. I'm counting down the seconds until that comes back because I need stuff at Pepsi or now Ball So Hard Arena as we're going to call it because it's a ball arena now but either way I need ball arena back in my life and I need Nuggets and Avalanche sports back yeah. badly very very badly football is a wash I'll still watch because I'm not big of a fan but oh God, I have no rooting interest it's left. not worth it to watch Sundays anymore I'm going to throw on fucking basketball highlights at this point dude I'm going to watch the other games but whenever the Broncos are on I'm going to throw on basketball highlights or, or throw on fucking McKinnon highlights I don't know I'll do something because I can't watch Broncos games anymore. I just can't. I can't. Uh, all right. All right. Here we go. We'll get into some NBA free agency. Bring your spirits back up Thank a little God. bit before Thank we we move into the pick em in the NFL. So we'll talk NBA free agency. Give me your top NBA free agents that are still available. And uh, we'll, we'll kind of discuss where we see them going. So um, if you guys are aware of it, this Wednesday, that day this episode is coming out, the NBA draft is tonight. So th- we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, this free agency class isn't as good as next year's. Next year, they'll be Giannis. They'll be um, AD probably too because he might sign a one-year deal. But there's a lot of different options in next year's free agency. Um, this year's free agency is mostly headlined by Anthony Davis. He just opted out. But don't get your hopes up, anybody. Don't get your hopes up because he's 100% resigning. There's no doubt in my mind he resigns. Uh, the next, the, uh, the biggest names besides that, uh, DeMar DeRozan, he just opted out. So that means that um, the Spurs aren't going to trade him. So that makes life a lot easier if you're a Lakers fan. Um, I think he there's a good shot he goes to L.A. Uh, that's, that's, that's where I predict him. The biggest point guard on the market right now is Fred Van Fleet. All those college basketball fans out there, you know him coming from the Wichita State days and the March Madness runs, all the great runs he had. Um, so he's going to get paid big time. There's a lot of um, interesting destinations for him. Montrez Harrell, who MPJ basically uh, baptized, and is he's still looking for his head because it's in MPJ's nutsack. So he's still looking for that. Um, but he's he's another big free agent to look out for. Um, besides that, Drogic, he's unrestricted. He'll probably re-sign in Miami uh, just because his veteran leadership down there is big. Gallinari for the Thunder, he's probably... 
uh, on the way out. I'm not sure where he, he's a lot of op open options as well. And then for the Nuggets, we have two big ones. Um, Paul Millsap, who's uh, who's taking a lot of interest, and then obviously the big one, Jeremy Grant. It's going to be um, very, very tough to retain both of them. Um, I want to hear what your take is on this because uh, the Nuggets have a lot of decisions to make this offseason. Um, who do you think Nuggets should go with, Jeremy Grant or Paul Millsap? Because it seems like they're only going to be able to keep one. I would take whichever you think is going to be more of a presence on the defensive end of the floor because I think that they're going to take care of most of their offensive needs through developing – Bull Bull, Bull Bull, who yep. on the day that we're recording this, uh, it's birthday. his birthday, so shout out Bull Bull, happy birthday. You're finally able to drink. Also, uh, shout out Roxy, my sister, it's her birthday too. Mm, she's she's nice. not as, as high profile, but she can also have her first drink. She's 21 today. Um, so I would, I would re-sign between Jeremy Grant and Paul Millsap, whoever you think is going to be a better defensive presence and a more consistent defensive presence on the floor because I think that's what your veteran leadership that you're trying to sign should be. If that's the case, it's 100% Jeremy Grant then. He, Jeremy Grant, like we said, he locked up uh, Kawhi in the Clippers series. He was faced with the task of facing AD. Um, that He did halfway decently. When, when we switched off him and put him on LeBron, that's where we didn't have another wing defender um, as good. So that's where we struggled. I just really hope it, or Jeremy Grant doesn't lead to another Western Conference team. I have a bad feeling he's going to demand a lot of money now because he had a very, very good playoffs. He played very, very well for us. I hope Denver makes it its, its number one priority to resign him. Millsap, he's, he's, he's a locker room presence, and he's a locker room, um, how should I say it, the heart and soul of the, of the Nuggets, I'd say right now. Uh, him and Gary Harris are the heart and soul of the team. Gary Harris has been around the team the longest for the for, um, he, he's the longest tenured Denver Nugget right now, which is not saying a whole lot because he's only been for six years. But um, he's a hard, he's he's the mainstay of the team for so long. Millsap is that veteran leadership. He knows how to win. I mean, he doesn't know how to win the playoffs because he played in Atlanta and Utah, which was shit. But he um, knows how to close games out the right way and stuff like that. But Jeremy Grant is the it should be the re re-sign option right now. That's one hundred percent true. Even though he's the older one, with what you're saying about well, NBA, that's not the older one. But even though he's the best leadership, yeah. I thought Jeremy Grant was. Well, no, Jeremy Grant's only he's in his he's in his twenties. He's oh, okay. Yeah, then he, that's, he that's even more of a. Ago. I think because I was gonna say late twenties. I think I was gonna say even though he's older, the, the championship window's not long enough for you to really care about that. If he's if Jeremy Grant's the younger one of the two, he's gonna give more of a defensive presence. Yeah, it's going to be probably more expensive, but that's that's who you got to go with because the Nuggets struggle um, shutting people down on the defensive end. Their offense with Murray and Jokic and MPJ is, is really good offensively. We all know that. It's it's fine, and they'll be able to kind of fill places, I think, better than they would trying to fill a void on the defensive yeah, end. Yeah, people are also forgetting Will Barton, who didn't get to play in the bubble, was another big part of that offense too. He's a pretty decent shooter. I, I do think we do need to move on from him and Gary Harris and possibly get a bigger player, maybe with Drew Holiday or some, of some sort. But um, that's that's another big option that's going to help us out. The Nuggets are going to have interesting options, though, in the second unit. Torrey Craig is not a highly tired free agent, but you have to re-sign him. Uh, Monte Morris is locked up, but PJ Dozier has a, has an option, I believe, in next year. In next year, so maybe you have to move on from one of them. Uh, there's a lot of interest, interesting options. Mason Plumley also another free agent. So it's it's you're gonna have to take only two out of the big three. You're only gonna be able to. It's gonna be tough to keep both Millsap and Jeremy Grant. I think it's more likely to keep Grant and Plumley. Um, that's going that's a lot easier situation, but you lose out on both Millsap and Grant. They both leave. One name that I think Nuggets fans should keep an eye out on is Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka, um, he, he's a 
unrestricted free agent right now. Uh, I think he could be a really good center off the bench, which means what we could see is we could see a lineup where MPJ's at the four, where we have a little bit of a smaller lineup where Jokic is the main big, but you have a four that can stretch a lot more, and Will Barton be the three um, and, and make the four a lot more open. So that could be something we see if we lose out on Jeremy Grant. Hopefully we don't, though. Hopefully we don't. Yeah, um, we'll we'll go quickly into the the drafts because I want to make sure that we have enough time for the pick them in our, our segments because, like we mentioned, we have a new segment coming up towards the end of the show, NBA draft. Uh, I want to know first where LaMelo ranks in the ball family. Is he better than Lonzo? I know that, I mean, I've, I've, I've heard people say that the LiAngelo is the best one out of No, the... no, no, hold on. LiAngelo is not the best one. I know that he's not playing because he stole sunglasses in China. No, 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 he's by far the worst okay. one. He's 100% does, the worst is, one. Is LaMelo better than Lonzo, or is Lonzo still the best ball brother? I still think Lonzo's the best ball brother. I think Lonzo still has a lot more potential. I think I think it's tough being in New Orleans. I think he's going to be a lot better with Zion in upcoming years. He's going to be the starting point guard of the future once they move on from Drew Holiday, wherever that may be. Um, but... I don't know, LaMelo, I'm not sold on him. It's just weird because I, I remember watching his old high school highlights, and he looked like such a kid now, and not to think he's going to be a rookie next year, maybe, it's just wild to me. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be he looks he's, he's a lot bigger than he was when I first got introduced yeah, to him, Yeah, he, he's a lot bigger, and he had a little more experience in Australia, and usually that, that helps players. Yeah. Um, him and R.J. Hampton could be, R.J. Hampton could be a steal of drafts in the late teens, and he could be a, a player to look out for uh, for the Nuggets if we do, um, if he does follow us, but... Uh, or if we move up, because there's rumors we might move up too. But that would um, be something. I don't know. Lamelo, he's probably he's definitely a top five pick. I don't think he's number one. I think Anthony Edwards, uh, Georgia. He's in that Tom Crean factory. Um, Tom Crean produced D Wade, Victor Oladipo, and many other two guards. Anthony Edwards, the next one in line. I think he's going to be a really good addition to Minnesota. He's going to replace Andrew Wiggins mm-hmm. when they trade him for D'Lo or D'Angelo Russell. So he'll fit in perfectly there. Um, at number two with Golden State, it's probably going to be James Wiseman. James Wiseman. That's, he, he, that's terrifying. It's very, very terrifying because Wiseman is a stud. He didn't get to play a lot in Memphis just because all the allegations and stuff that uh, he was selling stuff or he, he was selling merchandise or NCAA violations. Stupid stuff. Stupid, whatever, stupid. But... So I expect him number two. Uh, number three is probably going to be LaMelo. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if Charlotte or Jordan wants to deal with LeVar Ball. I, that, I think that's the one thing you'll look at. I don't think he wants to deal with him. So I think I could see easily him moving on and maybe at number four him dropping to Chicago, which would be interesting because Chicago dropped Kobe White next last year. So I don't know how that works out. I, I, I can't think at the top of my head who number five is right now, but I know the top four is um, Minnesota, Golden State, um, Charlotte, and Chicago. But I don't, I don't is know. Is it why. the Knicks? Where are the Knicks? No, the Knicks are like eight, which is that's bad. It's, it's really that's bad. Really yeah, they got fucked over in the draft lottery. That was, that was <laughs> fun to talk about way back when. But uh, um, so that's that's a whole thing. But maybe they trade up and get him. Who knows? But I don't know. Okay, it's so be interesting. Quickly now, um, this will be the last NBA talk, and then we'll we'll pause for a second, and then we'll get into most dominant team, uh, the Nets and the Warriors. Probably two of the teams that underperformed this year, but are coming back with huge rosters next year. What do you see them? Doing, do you think that they fill more in the draft, or do you think they fill more in free agency? Well, so, so the Nets right now, they have a lot of great assets. Spencer Dinwiddie, um, who's another CU product, shout out to Scope Buffs. Um, Karis LeVert, who had a great bubble um, when Kyrie wasn't playing, KD wasn't playing as well. Um, Jared Allen, who's a pretty good center. Those are a lot of great tra- trade capital um, that you could see move to Houston. 
you said James Harden has said that um, his top two teams right now is Brooklyn and Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn, he would love to pair with KD again. That'd be a very, very interesting offense to watch because it'd be one-on-one ball, which I don't think Kyrie and KD necessarily want to run. I don't think Steve Nash wants to run, if we're being honest. Um, coach that kind of team, but that could be an option. Um, I think him and Philadelphia makes a lot more sense. I think Philadelphia, if they do make the trade for James Harden, um, they jump the ranks as either the second best team or the best team in the East, just because having a shooter on that team makes life so much easier on Joel Embiid. And then and having Ben Simmons won't have shoot threes anymore. Exactly. Ben Sim- well, Ben Simmons will probably be in that deal coming back to Houston, but Joel Embiid will be a much better player having a shooter around him and that makes life easier on Harden because you have a post now that is dominant and you can finish at the rim so that makes life easier on him but I don't know either way it's an interesting thing the Warriors are, are a big the NBA's biggest mystery this year because we all thought last year that they make the playoffs that, that there's no shot in hell that they don't make it that they're not going to have that they're not going to fall off the face of the earth but they had injuries and that's what happened that's, that, that derailed them completely yeah. so we could see a similar situation like that I don't know uh, the one thing before we moved on to the NBA or to the rest of the, sh- the show and the NFL hinge and the pick'em, I do want Chris Paul to get traded to the Suns. Um, I do think that solidifies it doesn't solidify Phoenix, but Phoenix will now be an eight seed or seven seed in the West. So that that either knocks out Houston if they trade everybody, that next knocks them out of the playoffs, or knocks out a team like Portland maybe. Yeah. Who knows if they it may maybe they make some splashes in the free agency, but knocks one of those two teams out. So that's it's going to be interesting. That was a big move. I saw that this morning, and Devin Booker's smile has been all over Twitter. <sighs> Devin Booker, man, dude's a, dude's one of my favorite people to watch in the NBA. Man, he's I'm so happy for him. All those Valley boys out there. That's a, that's a, that was a big move, probably the biggest move of the NBA offseason so far. So far. Wait, so till, far. wait till the Nuggets made deal. Wait, wait till the Nuggets. <laughs> wait on it. We're, I'm checking my phone for Woj up his eights constantly. We're, we're going we're gonna to take a quick break, and then we'll come back with most dominant team of the week in the pick'em. All right, let's let's go. We we uh, You heard about the NFL and Hinge show. We do a pick'em on that show as well. We're going to get into our own, but we're going to backtrack a little bit after our NBA conversation. Who is your pick for most dominant team of last week? Because you're going to be pissed off at mine. I don't. I don't think you're going to be pissed off at mine, but mine's just going to jab yeah, a needle just, just, really just a little bit farther really in, in your side. I really don't care about it too much. I'm just. I don't know. There's a lot of those. I'll let you go first, actually, because I was struggling a lot trying to figure one out. But uh, actually, oh, I don't know. I don't want to pick the Raiders because fuck the Raiders. That's that's my pick. Yeah, I know it is. Um, I guess I'll go with um, New Orleans. Um, beating San Francisco just because it was, I mean, it was a bunch of close games besides the Raiders game. I'm not going to pick the Raiders, so I'll pick New Orleans because San Francisco is a pretty game team, and they lose Drew Brees now, so that should be interesting. So I think that's my most dominant team of the week. Yeah, Drew Brees going down, hopefully he's okay. I think I saw that he had a collapsed lung and broke yeah, a Yeah, so hopefully, so hopefully he's okay. Probably a three-week timetable, so it'll be Jameis starting now, so that'll be interesting. But Maybe we see Taysom Hill more at quarterback because Jameis looked true. way out out of sorts when That's he true. got in. My most dominant team is the Raiders, and it's simply for the fact that Josh Jacobs and Devontae Booker uh, had 112 and, 180, or 112 and 81 yards rushing and four touchdowns between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said it on NFL Unhinged. I think the Raiders possibly benefit the most from the expanded playoff because if they can get a wild card spot, they're set up just like the Titans were yeah. last year to just punch people in the face. And in January and February, playoff football comes down to the trenches, and the Raiders' offensive line is one of the biggest and most physical that I've seen in a long time. Josh Jacobs is my 
one of my favorite running backs to watch in today's uh, NFL. As much as I hate the Raiders, Josh Jacobs is a lot of fun to watch. I love watching a good running back. So. And, and just wait until Darren Waller starts to get hot. Derek Carr is going to love yeah, throwing he, to him. He didn't really use him at all. No, everybody besides Josh Jacobs and Devontae Booker pretty pretty had a, had a pretty bad game for the Raiders offensively, but uh, those two carried them, and I think they're going to continue to ride them. And uh, Tyro Williams, Hunter Renfro, Henry Ruggs, Darren Waller, once those guys get going, Derek Carr's got weapons galore out there in the desert. So maybe we see the, the Raiders go on a sneaky run towards the postseason. Yeah, yeah. so now let's jump into the NFL pick them now. Just before we – I told you all I would get the record um, records for both of us. It's, both of us are very, very bad records so far. Jimmy is right now 39-44, not including the Monday night game because as we're taping this, it hasn't started it yet. Just, it just started. It just started now. And then I am 43-40, and 40, so I have a positive record. The biggest, um, the biggest difference was week eight when Jimmy picked – what five and nine, and I went nine to five in my picks when he picked the upsets, and I just went with the favorites, and that's the biggest difference right now. That's why Jimmy has a losing record, and I have a positive record. I'll so make it. I'll make it up in the college football bowl pick them, and then also, <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll talk about this more when it comes. But I won my. We did a pick them for March Madness on the radio show the last three years, and I'm a three time defending champion in that. Mm, maybe we'll, so, that'll be a fun conversation. So that'll be fun. All right, let's jump in the first game Seahawks versus Cardinals. Great, fantastic matchup. Um, it's a one of those Wednesday night games, or sorry, Wednesday night, I'm Thursday, thinking, night. Thursday night games. Well, I don't know why I'm thinking Wednesday night games, but fantastic Thursday night game. Um, Kyler Murray coming off one of the craziest wins of the season by far. Who do you have in this one? I'm picking the Cardinals because. The Seahawks imploded yesterday against Los Angeles, and the Seahawks in Seattle without any fans is not the same kind of home field advantage that they have had. Um, Kyler was able to sneak out a win where he really didn't play very well, and I think he's in a lot better place than he was a couple weeks ago. That's going to be that's my favorite Thursday night game so far, um, but I do think the Cardinals are going to beat the Seahawks. Yeah, I do. I, I'm going to go with Seahawks, though, just because they're at home. I know not having a 12th man there is going to affect them. But like I said, I think the Seahawks still have a few bumps in the road. They're still a very good team. Pete Carroll just needs to trust his offense more. Um, the defense isn't as good as it once was, so you got to trust your offense more because DK Metcalf is one of the most dangerous players in the NFL right now, and he's fantastic out there. So I think the Seahawks are going to take that one. Uh, next game we have uh, first slate on the first game on the 11 a.m. schedule, Philadelphia going to Cleveland. These are, I mean, two shit organizations, if we're being honest, but... Um, this is this is going to be an interesting game because both these teams is, uh, it's 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 very interesting I think, in my opinion because the Browns are always a shit organization the Eagles are very bad right now yeah it'll be it, it's kind of a ba- battle of the basement except I think that the Browns are trending in a better direction yeah than they're the in a much better direction yeah um, and I'm gonna look up the spread for that game quickly I believe that Cleveland is favored because they're at home yeah uh, yeah they're favored by three and a half. I picked the Browns in this one because I think that they they were able to win a close game against Houston by leaning on the running game, and they they now if they had needed any other indication that the running game is what's going to carry them, not Baker Mayfield. It was this past weekend. Uh, put your put your money on Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb because now he's back and just ride them out through the rest of the season. You'll end up with a wild card spot, and who knows what happens. I I picked the Browns in this. Yeah, one. I think I'm picking Browns too. Baker has played better recently. Um, but that running game is very good. Having Kareem Hunt um, be like what he was in Kansas City almost is fantastic for that team, and Nick Chubb is only going to be even better, so I'm picking Cleveland easily in that one. Next game we have Atlanta Falcons playing the Saints. Um, like I said, no Drew Brees. Probably going to be half Jameis Winston, half Taysom Hill. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start here. I'm going to pick 
the Saints because just because I think the Falcons always fall apart, especially on the road too, going into New Orleans. Atlanta usually never wins those games. So I'm going the Saints there, even with Taysom Hill. I'm going Saints too. Uh, I, I believe in Taysom Hill more than I believe in Drew Brees anyways. And that defense with uh, Quan Alexander, who they just picked up from the 49ers, I think he needed a couple weeks to kind of get acclimated to the new team. I don't think he was able to play last week with COVID protocols after being traded and all that. But I think that'll bolster the defense a little bit more. Uh, hopefully Drew Brees is able to come back because without him, the Saints aren't going to make that much of a push in the playoffs. But with Drew Brees and with that bolstered defense, I still think that they're a top team in the NFC. So I'll pick in the, yeah. the Saints. Yeah, I agree completely. Next game we have uh, Jimmy's Bengals, the, the team that's probably not making the playoffs. Um, so is my team, so don't worry, Jimmy. Um, but playing the team without a name, the Washington football team, I'll let you start because it's your team. This is, you know, it's one of those games that I think is going to be showing which franchise is actually doing the right things. Uh, Ron Rivera, I really like what he's been able to do with a pretty bad roster. Alex Smith has looked pretty good in the past few games that he's played um, since Kyle Allen's leg fell off. Um, but I do think that the Bengals have enough to win this game. I hope Joe Mixon's able to come back from his injury, but Samaji Pirine looked pretty good, and Giovanni Bernard's in the backfield. This is a game that's winnable um, for the Bengals, and this is a game that I think the Bengals have to win to prove that Zach Taylor is moving them in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I'm picking the Bengals. Yeah, I'm going Bengals too. Like I said, I don't. I rock, they have a great coach over there in San Francisco, but they don't have his um, guts Washington. throughout the team. Or, or Washington. Washington, sorry. I'm, I'm so spaced out football because I just want it to be basketball season. But, yeah, the football team are just in disarray. I do think Alex Smith had a better week this week than he did last week when you had him for player of the week, so that's kind of interesting. But I think Joe Burrow is a much better quarterback right now. I think he has himself a day, so I'm picking them as well. Then that brings us to is it, you uh, the Lions, yeah, the Lions, Lions Panthers. Lions going and playing against the Carolina Panthers. Um, I'm going to start here out. I'm going to take the Panthers here. And Run CMC didn't play last week. I think the reason why I picked Carolina last week is because I thought he was playing again, but I think he might be hurt again. But <sighs> Teddy Bridgewater has played really well, has played very, very well. And I think he's the Panthers' quarterback of the future. It's weird saying that because he's been tossed around the league now for a few years. But yeah, he's, he's almost 30. He's quarterback for the future for the next few years. Now they've got to build around him, so I'm picking the Panthers. I trust Matt Rule as a rookie head coach more than I trust Matt Patricia. And he's been a head coach in the league and a defensive coordinator for a long time. Um, what he's been able to do and keep – I mean, the Panthers were in that game last weekend against the Bucks until the fourth quarter and everything kind of just fell apart. So what he's been able to do with that makeshift roster, all the injuries, losing Luke Keekley and uh, Thomas Davis Sr. no longer being on the team, I'm really impressed with what he's been able to do. So I'm picking the Panthers in that one and the Lions. The Lions are good enough to beat – Really bad teams, and the Panthers, though they have a worse record, are not a bad team. Yeah, so far, you and I almost picked every game the same except the Seahawks-Cardinals game. But, yeah, I, I like Matt Stafford. I think he needs – maybe it's Broncos' future quarterback. Who knows? But he needs a – I think they got to move on from him soon, Detroit, because Detroit has gone nowhere with him. Uh, next game we have Pittsburgh um, going into Jacksonville, and I don't even know who the starting quarterback is for Jacksonville. Zach Luton. Zach Luton, that's right. And uh, I'm going Steelers here. I know you hate your Steelers, but there's no shot in hell the Jaguars win this game. We no said shot. that about last week, too, when they went to Green Bay, and they were frisky. Yeah, but they lost. I know. So they're they're lost, frisky. So. I'm picking this. I'm, unfortunately, since you brought up the record, I am no longer going to pick against the Steelers just because it's the Steelers. I think that they're going to beat the Panthers. They're 
better team. They're defense defensively. They're just gonna. I think they outscore the Panthers defensively <laughs> this weekend. Um, the offense, I think, still is pretty suspect for the Pittsburgh, but I think they definitely have enough to beat the Jaguars. This is a revenge game from 2015 to mm-hmm. when the Jaguars beat them twice, uh, once in the season and once to go to the AFC Championship yep. game. Speaking of revenge games, next game we have Tennessee um, going into Baltimore like they did in playoffs last year. Uh, this is a game where both teams are kind of on the downslope. They both had great starts, and now they kind of falling apart. Who do you have? In the, or I'll start here. I, I'm picking Tennessee. I know you guys talked about a lot on the NFL Unhinged show how you think um, Indianapolis is going to win the division. I don't believe in that. I still think Derrick Henry is the best player in the division, top to bottom. It doesn't matter how good Ryan Tannehill is. That offense runs through number 22 for for Tennessee. So I'm going to pick the Titans here because I still think Titans could get their stuff together. Just, I mean, their, their record isn't bad either. It's, it's not like their record is bad. They just have had some tough weeks. Um, I still think they're uh, right there. Um, I think they, I think Clowney is, is taking time to get used to things. I think he's going to improve, but I'm still taking Titans because I don't believe Lamar and that defense right now is going to be able to hold it. No, I, I'm picking the Titans because, uh, I, I, after the collapse that we saw, I mean, both teams last week had pretty bad collapses. The Titans were winning against the Colts in the, at halftime. They ended up getting blown out in the second half. And then the Ravens, we talked about them plenty. <clears throat> I am disappointed in the Titans' defense because I think middle linebacker-wise, Jayon Brown, Rayshon Evans, two really good middle linebackers, they're missing the most, Jarrell Casey. Yes. who is no longer able to hold down the middle of that defensive line, and they haven't been able to find anybody since. Like, Clowney's great, but he's not going to stop an inside run unless he doesn't get blocked on a play. That's the only time he ever stops a run, and he really hasn't been that great of a pass rusher. So their defense is disappointing to me, but I do think this is a game where you're going to turn around and hand off the Derrick Henry like 15 times, yeah. maybe in the first half, and then he'll get another 10, 20, 10 12 carries in the second half. Yeah, this is going to be... The tractor seat, though. Sure. The Ravens won't be able to slow him down at all. It's going to be very similar to the playoffs last year when Earl Thomas got stiff-armed in the back. You know, he doesn't play for them anymore. Thankfully, but. we don't have to see Earl Thomas lead block. He's he's busy with his brother somewhere, probably in a warehouse he or, is supposed to be picked or something. Up by now, but he's falling off the face of the earth, too. Uh, next game, we have uh, Bill Belichick, Cam Newton go into Houston and play Deshaun Watson and, and the Houston Texans team, which they wish they had DeAndre Hopkins, but they don't. Oh, um, what an idiotic thing Bill O'Brien did. He shipped the best player on the team. How pissed off would best. you be as a Texans fan knowing that they were going to just fire somewhere. Bill O'Brien halfway through the next season? They could have just fired him at the end of last season and then you they know, would have kept D-Hop. Kept D-Hop. And they would be in a totally different Deshaun place. Deshaun Watson would have a lot more help, and they'd be a lot better team, but they're not. So yeah. um, who do you have for this one? I'm picking the Texans in this one. I think Deshaun Watson is good enough, and he, he, unlike Lamar, has proven that he's pretty clutch at the end of games. So I think it's going to be close, and I think Lamar's going to – or not Lamar. Deshaun is going to be able to lead the Texans past a bad Patriots team. I still think the Patriots are a bad team. They've been able to pull off some ugly wins the past couple weeks, and a win is a win is a win in the NFL, but – Bad wins against a team like the Texans, who I think is good. They just got uh, screwed over by their general manager, head coach, for the first few weeks of the season. I think that the Titan or the Texans come back and they get a win. No, pa- Patriots. I'm gonna go against you here. I'm gonna pick Patriots. I think uh, Cam Newton showed me a lot more last week. I don't know if JJ Watt and that defense is gonna be able to control him. So I'm gonna go with the Patriots there, just because 
Um, I trust Cam Newton a little bit more than I do Deshaun Watson right now. It's crazy saying that because Deshaun Watson has played really well, but weapons there, there's no weapons for either of those two right now. I mean, Damian Harris, if he plays well again, he's going to have the Patriots out because I don't know how good the Texans run game not or good. defense run game not is. It's not good. So I think he could have himself another day, so I'm going to go Patriots there. Um, next game we have my Denver Broncos playing against the Dolphins at home. I, I know you... Against the overhyped Tua Tagovailoa. Okay, overhyped. Overblown. Oh, Holy God, shit. God, he's played God. in three games and he's the NS, in the AFC rookie, oh, God. offensive rookie overhyped. of the year conversation. Mm. He is. He's not overhyped. Yes, he is. He's won one game. He won a game throwing for 96 yards and he hasn't thrown over 300 yards. He's in the best situation at any of the three rookie quarterbacks. He's overhyped. Totally overblown. So Tua. You know what? Yeah, it, it's a great story. You benefited the most from that hip injury by falling to a pretty good team in Miami. That oh, that's that's tough. Uh, let me let's be honest though. Like, Tua has played good. He's won his okay. People. He beat the Cardinals. He beat the Cardinals, who are a playoff team right now. He's the played Dolph- okay. The Dolphins are in playoff contention right now, and that's because Tua. Not it, Tua. Their defense and Fitzpatrick. I don't know why I'm arguing with you right now. I'm picking the Broncos against the Dolphins. You're picking the Broncos against yeah, the Dolphins? I'm yeah. picking the Dolphins, but, like, Tua is not the reason that the Dolphins are impossible contention for the, for the AFC East still. They are. They're only a game behind the Bills. I, I appreciate you uh, changing this conversation to talking about the Dolphins because I don't want to talk about my team. and But I'm still picking my team because fuck it. So next game we have... Um, uh, we have... The New York Jets, with the most winnable game they have on the schedule, playing in a, in L.A. and playing the Chargers. Also, the most winnable game on their schedule. Yes, this is this is, this is a shit show. It's, it's a, the, a, a Spider Man meme where they're staring at each other, don't know which one is which. This, one mean, team has to win, or they could tie. One team has to win. So, I'm gonna pick the Chargers just because I, I'm still on my Jets train uh, and saying they aren't winning a yeah. football game. My call still stands. If they win a football game, I will wear a Jets jersey. That Leonard Williams jersey is ready for you to wear. They are I, not winning a football game. It's this ready. Year. As uh, much as I hate the Chargers, I'm sticking with my bet, and I'm picking the Chargers to beat the Jets. It's ready, and I talked to Dom about it this weekend. He's all for you wearing that if the Jets win a game. Yeah, we're not winning. He's not confident that they're going to win this game either. Only, only I, way they win, the, win a game this year is if San Darno plays. So if Joe Flacco is playing football games for them, they're not going to win a game. I texted him this morning when I was filling out the outline in the pick and I was like, you, you think I, this is a week where I could pick the Jets? And he goes, I wouldn't pick them, but I would definitely think that they have a chance to win this game. This is a winnable game this for the Jets. one of the most winnable games on the season. I'm hoping that they pull... You're I, picking the Jets? I'm picking the, I'm oh. picking the Chargers. Oh, I'm hoping that they give me a loss this week <laughs> and that you have to wear that green and white jersey no next shot. week. No shot. Man. Leonard Williams not even a Jet anymore, but that's the only jersey that Dom has no here. No shot. I'm wearing a Jets jersey this year. No shot. Next game we have Green Bay going into Indianapolis. Packers looked a little bit shaky. Um, I think it's still idiotic to pick against Packers. I'm going to say it again. Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. Yes, I can still say that because he is a bad man. The rest of the team is not good. I mean, let's be honest. The defense is not good. They're um, all mentally very weak. Everyone but Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers is mentally weak on that football team. I think um, any other year without Aaron Rodgers, this team is a very is a top five or a top five pick in the draft. Like, this team is not good without Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. But because they have one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time, Aaron Rodgers, I think it's tough to pick against him. I'm going to Packers here. Yeah, he's my most talented quarterback until we see a little bit more from Patrick Mahomes. But uh, he, I'm picking the Colts because their Colts are playing at home. And last week scared the shit out of me picking the Packers, and they almost lost to the Jaguars. So that that's you – know, it's another – 
The Packers have been my prove-it-to-me team the entire season pretty much because they look great and then they go out and get dominated by Tampa. They look great. They go out and lose the one-in-five Minnesota team. So prove it to me again, but I'm picking the Colts because the Colts have been hot the last it's few weeks. It's Phillip Rivers. He's going to throw more balls to um, the Packers quarterbacks than Aaron Rodgers is going to throw to Devontae Adams this game. So whatever. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, the next game we have uh, Dallas Cowboys and Garrett Gilbert. I think it's – is he still a quarterback? I don't know. I haven't is heard Andy, anything This is Andy Dalton back? Uh, I haven't heard any updates as to whether or not okay, Andy so Dalton Garrett Gilbert's still a quarterback, and they go into Minnesota and play the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota. Um, I, I'm picking the Vikings, and, and right now, as we're recording this, it's a little bit, almost the end of the first quarter. The Vikings are winning 7 nothing, but the Bears are driving. Um, but I'm picking the Vikings in this one because it's another game where you just hand it to you just hand it to Dalvin and let him carry you to the finish line, Kirk. You can have the pre post game speech at the end. No, that that's a good thing for you. But you just continue to turn around and hand that ball off. You don't throw a pass. I'm ready for chaos. I'll pick the Cowboys. Oh, Fuck yeah, wow. I'm picking the Cowboys. I don't know why, but I think Garrett Gilbert is going to pull off one win in one of these weeks. Herschel, Herschel Walker revenge game for that trade that Dallas had, where they traded him to Minnesota and got like eight first round. Yeah, picks. I, I don't, I don't believe in Kirk Cousins yet, and I don't believe in that defense yet. Um, you're so you're going to pick Garrett Gilbert I'm over gonna Kirk pick, Cousins. I'm going to pick Garrett, a guy Gilbert. who's making eighty four million dollars. You're picking an AAF I'm superstar. I'm more importantly picking Ezekiel Elliott over Dalvin Cook. That's what I'm doing right now. I still I, don't I even see the logic in that. Honestly, I don't know, but I think Zeke's going to have a game. That's my upset of the week. I, I don't. I this. I have room to spare because I do have a winning record and you don't. So I'm going to pick that one and help, help my record you, still you, There's like 13 games. You know how quickly you can just fall out of contention here? It's true, very true. Okay, next, like game, next game, Sunday night football game um, on NBC. The Kansas City Chiefs going in going into Las Vegas and playing the Raiders. Going to be a much better game. Raiders did upset the Chiefs a few weeks back. Um, that's the only loss the Chiefs currently have. Who do you have in this one? I'm picking the, the Chiefs because the Chiefs are a way different team than the last time when the Raiders got them. But I'm going back to what I said when we talked about this game after the Raiders pulled off the upset. The Raiders have been building solely to beat the Chiefs. They, they have been in that division. They've done what nobody in the AFC East did when the New England had Brady. They're building themselves to try and beat Patrick Mahomes. And they have a roster that can make it very difficult for them. Kansas City's favored by six and a half, and I do think that they're the best team in the AFC. I know that Pittsburgh has a better record, but I still think Kansas City, top to bottom, is the best team. I'm picking the Chiefs in this one. Yeah, I, there's no way in hell that the Raiders take two from the Chiefs, in my opinion. No way in hell. I don't think that the Chiefs have been swept by a division rival in quite some time. I think it's it's hasn't been that way since Peyton, I'm pretty sure, was a Broncos quarterback, and Alex Smith was playing for the Chiefs. I think that's the last time. Um, but there's no shot in hell that the Chiefs don't win or lose twice the Raiders. That's just not happening. I, I do think, think that the, the Raiders will cover. It's, yeah, I, don't I do think, think that it's going to be a six and a half. I think it would be game. a closer game than most people think, but there's no way in hell the Chiefs is against the Raiders. Now, wrapping it up, next Monday night's game, L.A. going to Tampa Bay. Rams taking on the Buccaneers. I'm picking the Rams in this one. This is kind of my upset of the week. The Tampa Bay is favored by three. Um the, the Rams got a pretty big win over the top team in their division, mm-hmm. and the Buccaneers beat up on a team that's kind of lower competition. I can see the Buccaneers kind of falling asleep this week um, because it's not a division game, and they still got to get ready. You know, they, they still have some – their schedule actually gets really soft. They got the Chiefs coming up, so this is a trap game. After they play the Rams, they got the Chiefs. 
So I'm, I'm thinking that the, the Buccaneers fall asleep and the Rams pick yeah, up the big win. I'm saying the Rams too. I think that our, uh, Sean McVay has done a very good job with that offense, not having Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown, and they've been very, very creative how to score points. Um, Aaron Donald is the best player in the NFL, I think, and by uh, position list. Has been for like the last three years. Has been, so I think he, he's going to dominate that um, right side of the line, especially with having a rookie at, right, or at left tackle for the Bucks. Yeah, gonna be, He's going to wreak havoc on um, Tom Brady, so I'm picking the Rams as well. And before we move on to um, everything else, I do want to quick shout out because we do live – live, uh, we, I do check my phone while we're recording. So we have a Woj bomb for you. Woj bomb. Live Woj bomb. Live Woj bomb. Uh, sources, after turning down an extension offer to become the first $50 million a year player in league history, James Harden message, James Harden's message to Houston is clear. Get me to Brooklyn. Ooh, well, that's going to shake things up. Uh, that's, we'll definitely talk about that more in weeks to come because we'll definitely have an NBA preview show later on um, in December. But that's going to be a big, big conversation piece because now – Having a big three in Brooklyn, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Russ is definitely out too, by the way. He's going to be gone too. So yeah, Houston's Houston, falling apart. Houston's gone. Houston's gone. Sorry, Houston. The Texans suck. The Astros yeah. didn't win the World Series. The, I don't even know. Like I don't know. Nothing else is going well for you. There's no hurricane this year. That's good. That's good. I don't think. Maybe. There's been like four other hurricanes. I don't know if any of them hit Houston. Let's yeah, move on. Shout out Woj, though. Have yeah. your notifications on because it's a fun time. Well, you got our notifications on far end of the bench Twitter, at FEOTV Pod, so you should turn yours on, too. Uh, now let's move on to our segments. We're, we're starting – are we starting with the new segment? Let's, let's start with Beats of the Week, and then we'll do the new segment first, right. uh, just because we always do the Beats of the Week first. Uh, I'm going to start because Brandon Royval is back on the UFC car. We have a pay-per-view again this weekend. Not as good as a pay-per-view as we've had in the Two past. Two title fights, but not, not great Not fights. big ones. Uh, Figueredo is the main event, but Brandon Royval, we talked about him in our first bonus episode with uh, Jimmy's good friend Rev. Um, thought, shout out Rev, but out Rev. Roy Ball is plus one sixty to face or to beat Brandon Moreno. I think it's fun to pick a, pick for the Colorado Fighters. Um, Roy Ball won me some money last pay per view. I was so about to Roy say Ball, he, won, yeah. he he hit for you last time, yeah. so that's a big that's a good pick. My first one is also UFC, and it's the main event: Davison Figueredo uh, taking over the crown as the hardest hitting one hundred thirty five pound man in the world. Because he, he absolutely kills people when he punches them. I've never seen a guy that small pack that much of a punch. Uh, if you pick him, he's the favorite in the fight. But if you go into the props and pick KO in the second round, plus 700, maybe it takes him a round to figure out the guy that he's fighting. I'm not even sure uh, who it is, but it, it's a guy who doesn't deserve to be in a title fight. Mm-hmm. So find a, find a round that you think he can knock the guy out in and put some money down on that. That's a big return. Yeah, shoot a shoot a um, an arrow into a bucket full of fish and see if you can pick the right round. Yeah. Um, next one, I'm going to pick your team, Jimmy. Bengals plus 105 to beat the Washington Football Team. I was thinking about that too. I don't believe in Washington at all. I think Joe Burrow is a much better quarterback than anything. I mean, I love Alex Smith's Alex Smith's story, but he's not as good as Joe Burrow right now. So I'm going to pick um, Joe Burrow um, just because I, I think it's a very winnable game for you guys. I think you have a lot more talent than right now than the Washington football team does. Mm-hmm. So I'm picking Bengals. I agree. I, I, was, I was in contention to put that on my beats of the week. Mine is another orange and black team. I talked about them earlier. Oklahoma State to cover and win outright against Texas. If, they, if you just pick them to cover, which is right now plus 5.5, that's plus 104 odds. And then outright to beat Texas, um, or outright to beat Oklahoma, excuse me, in Bedlam is plus 210. And I think it's, it's doable. It's the first time that I think it's been doable in a few years, going back, I mean, three three Heisman finalist quarterbacks, two of them won. 
for the past three years on Oklahoma, you're going to fall off at that point. Spencer Rattler, I think, can be that in the future, but he's not that this year. He's so not this right now. It, yeah. I, if Gundy's going to win a bedlam game, it's got to be this year. So plus 210 outright, plus 104 money line. I'll stick with college football then. I'll, I'll, like I talked about this a little bit earlier, Indiana, to cover plus 20 and a half. That's just ridiculous. It's minus 106 right now, which is basically you win your money back almost 100% when you bet on this. Um, win your money back times two. So I'm, I'm definitely going to be betting on this. I think Indiana, I don't think they're going to win. I, I, this is a bet where I think they'll cover, they won't win. Um, plus 20 and a half is very, very ridiculous for a team that's played very well in Indiana. So I'll pick them. Yeah, I'm just going to look real quick, um, see what they are outright to win. Because right. I, I saw it earlier, but I think they were plus... 700, I think. 700? Yeah. Yeah, it would, be, it would be a great story, and I would much prefer... See Indiana if because if they beat Ohio State and win the Big Ten championship, they're, they're in the playoff. Yeah, playoff I would love to see a new team in the playoff. Yeah. That would be that'd be great, but it's very tough for me to say that at this yeah. point. I, I think they will cover, like we said. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my last one, it's NFL Texans plus one twenty over the Patriots at home. Like I said, Deshaun Watson uh, take. I would put money on Deshaun Watson um, to to take me, especially plus one twenty. You don't have to. It's not a huge bet, but it is fun, and it, it gives a little bit more intrigue to what could be a pretty bad game, I think. Yeah, I agree completely. So now let's jump into the new segment. We we had to put this before Player of the Week and Player of the Week just because um, it's a new segment, and it, it kind of You don't want to win this You don't want to win this award. So it's the Bench Warmer of the Week. It's not a good thing. The Bench Warmer of the Week basically is the – Plunder of the week, the dumbass. Our, our of the not week. top play of the our week. Our not top. Our, come on, man. Uh, what the fuck are you doing? Play of the you week. You should come join us on the bench with with how bad. You're exactly. Playing. That's why it's called bench one of the week. I'll start because mine's just straight comedy. Bryce De Deschampeaux. Deschampeaux. I'm not even saying his fucking name right. Bryce Deschampeaux on on hole three on Friday at Augusta. Losing his ball in the bushes and five people searching for the ball. That's just straight comedy. Five people looking in the bushes, just looking for the ball. They forgot to check Mr. Larson's foot. I mean, it could have been there. (laughs) There was straight comedy. That was bad. Watching so many people look for a ball and then them not fighting it. Is that the top choke of the year? I mean, no, not top top choke of the year. I mean, come on. He was was a 9-to-1 favorite to win the Masters. Didn't even make the cut. Didn't even make the no, cut. He made the cut. He made, I did. He, he did. He made. He he, he was playing Sunday. He made the cut. Uh, I thought he, that he missed. the he cut. He just fell off and finished minus two under, which is very bad. At least he still finished under. At yeah. least the, the, you didn't bogey out on the course. There you that's go. Your, that's fair. Um, my my bench warmer of the week. It's very near and dear to my heart. I told you I was bringing a prop, but since I was coming right over from work, I didn't have enough time to grab it. But it would have been a glove, because Matt Skura had. I think five bad snaps, but two really bad ones where it was a big loss. And like I said, he lost 16 yards on the Ravens after they just picked up a huge first down. And it's raining. I know it's tough to snap, but that's your one job. That's like the main part you of your one job. job. You if one you job. didn't block anybody and you snapped it, at least getting it to Lamar Jackson, he can make a play out of it. But you skipped it three yards off the ground, went off to the left. You're lucky Lamar's fast enough to get back there and recover it. It could have been a scoop and score fumble. But you did that so many times throughout the game. Matt Skura, you 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 you're you gotta be better. League. You're one of the you're a bench warmer of the week. Come you're on, bench warmer of the league. Come on, man. come on. Ne- next you're making look, centers look bad. Yeah, let's. Do you want to do play of the week? Play of the week first. Player of the week. Sorry. Let's let's do uh, play of the week. We'll have our player of the week at the end. Okay, play of the week, man. This 
this is very easy for me. The, the I want to give honorable mention first because we recorded on Monday and this happened on Tuesday um, of last week. But John Ram skipping the ball across the pond five times and getting a hole in one was just insane. One of the best golf shots I've ever seen. Um, I'm only going to skip past it just. It's because, also an honorable mention yeah, for this reason. Yeah, just just because it's got skip Tuesday, but. It's easy what the play of the week is. D Hop, man, game winner. I love me some game winners. Hail Mary, Kyle Murray making. You're such like, a basketball guy. Looks lo- lo- looks like he was dead in the rights. Did not have no chance getting the ball away. Kyle Murray makes a play out of nothing. D Hop goes and snags the ball just like the Suns snagged Chris Paul away from the Thunder, and it was just beautiful, man. I just love to see it. One of the best plays of the year. Um, crazy Hail Mary touchdowns, man. Crazy, crazy. That was an awesome play. One of the most unexpected plays of the week because yeah. I didn't think Arizona would have any chance after the way that first half went. Mm-hmm. My play of the week, Ronald Jones is now the fourth player in NFL history to have a 98-plus yard touchdown. Goes 98 against the Panthers and scores. Um, now he, that's him, Amon Green from the Packers, who was, he was a Super Bowl champion running back for them. Derrick Henry has two 99-yard touchdowns. Yep. And then Tony Dorsett, former Heisman Trophy winner and Super Bowl champion, great Hall of Fame running back for the Cowboys. Ronald Jones is now – he's, he's not on that same level, but that's he's, – he's now etched in history as one of the guys who's been able to do it. Yeah, 100%. And it's a tough record to break because not many people can go 50 yards in the NFL, no, let alone 90. No, because my, I was playing my brother in fantasy football week <laughs> and he had Ronald Jones. And that's literally – Oh, right. I was literally 15 points on that single play. 90 yards is yeah. 9 points. Another 6 for the touchdown. I'll, me, I'll get more to, into his stat line for our player of the week. Let's, let's go to player of the week. Well, I mean, I'll let you stick with player, player of the week because it's the same one. So Rojo. Rojo yeah. is my player of the week. 23 carries, 192 yards with the 98-yard touchdown. And I think that might have been his only score of the game. But he was a load this weekend and, and helped carry the Positive Buccaneers. Not a load this weekend. But. <laughs> he, he had a fun time this weekend with the Carolina Panthers defense. He's definitely shooting loads all through them. Pause. Oh, God. Um, yeah, and I went I went a little bit too far, but Ronald Jones, my player of the week, he had he had a great game and offensive lineman. I love seeing a running back run like that. Yeah, this is asinine, Jimmy. You're letting me win back to back or two, maybe three, because we're gonna we're gonna vote have you guys vote on veteran of the week too. But I'm winning player of the week as well because this is way too easy. Dustin Johnson, man, the be- the best round in Masters tournament in history. That that's including anyone who's ever played at the tournament. Minus twenty, obliterating the field by five shots. One of the greatest showings at a single golf tournament in golf history. I mean, the dude came home to Paulina Gretzky. He, he shot a minus 20. He might biggest, win for that. He, he might win for the Paulina. He shoots a minus 20 at the biggest golf tournament in the world and absolutely dominates the field. There's no there's no chance that you win this and, play, and Dustin Johnson doesn't want to play the league. How well did your last golf pick go? That's different, though. That's different. That's different. I'm that just was saying. That I'm, was just, different. I'm just saying. That's different. That's different. Also, I think I won, I think I won player of the week, and we've split play – of Something the week. Like this, I, this I, week. I haven't checked the stats on that because they have the stats for the yeah, NFL. On I think that we're – it was in a clean sweep like he thought it was going to be last week. Yeah. But, but I, I'm more confident this week. I'm more confident this week. I'm just saying people don't like watching golf all that much okay, unless you're a golf person. Okay, you were watching golf though this weekend. I know, and I'm not so, a golf person. So, I would still think Ronald Jones is the player of the week. <sighs> Dustin Johnson, man. Yeah. I'm too much of a meathead. I'm sorry. I'm that's too fair. much. That's fair. That's all fair. right. Uh, that's the end of our segments. 
This has been episode 15 of the Far End of the Bench. Let's get our... we, we had Nicole Yoke's number, baby. There we go. There we go. We joking around. We got our driver's permit podcast-wise. We've had more than just 15 episodes with the bonus guy, bonus ones that we've been putting out. Um, but let's get in our plugs. First, follow us on social media. All social media is at F-E-O-T-B pod. Uh, we live tweet big events in sports. We... We have a ton of uh, ton of stuff that we put out on our Instagrams. That's where we put out our player and play of the week polls on our Instagram, and then TikTok. And now benchwarm of the week. And now benchwarm of the week. And on TikTok, I post uh, clips from our YouTube episodes that we we put out there. Also, if you're watching this on YouTube, you should subscribe and ring the notification bell if you Hit haven't the bell. already. Hit the bell. You should also tell your friends to subscribe if you're a new viewer on the YouTube channel, Far End of the Bench. We also post the NFL Unhinged video episodes on there as well on Sundays, so you can listen live on the network, or you can go, and, and I believe it's an hour later is when the video first airs. Exactly. You yep. can watch that leading into the Sunday slate. Yep, uh, NFL it, Unhinged was great. It's fantastic, man. I didn't get to go on this or this past week. I might be able to do it this week depending on my little ki- my little my little guy's uh, schedule because my team's a little bit of hoopers. I guess hoopers, but um, so hopefully I'll be able to be on this week. I'm not too positive yet because we might have a tournament, but uh, that'll be up for up for the grabs. But it's a fantastic show Sunday morning. If you if you don't like listening to Shannon or sorry not Shannon Michael Strahan and the Fox guys, or you don't like listening to the ESPN Countdown guys, you want to get a little bit of a new taste. Um, so loved Jimmy has a lot of great takes on there. Jim has a lot of great takes. There's so many good personalities on there, man. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic. Then also you can listen Monday as well. Um, we're recording this. You can listen Monday before the Monday Night Football game as well on the network. So multiple times you can watch it, and like you said, it comes out on the YouTube show. Yep. So multiple play- places you can see it. And if you're listening on Spotify and Apple, Jimmy forgot to plug this, go to the YouTube page. Go to the YouTube page. Go to the YouTube page. You can see our beautiful faces. Subscribe you can see my on other jersey. If you're listening on Spotify and Apple, subscribe, rate, and review us on the Apple Podcast, and follow us on Spotify, um, because that's that's the best way to keep us moving up the charts, to keep us growing like we want to. Exactly, we've been growing and, so much. Yeah. Uh, pause on that. <laughs> we've been growing a lot. It's been fantastic, man. We've had a lot of great feedback. Um, the golf episode last week, if you want to listen to that too, um, just to see how dumbasses, how big of dumbasses Jimmy and I were talking get, about golf. Get inclined with Jeremy because he's going to be on some more bonus episodes. That, he's a very, that very, out. very, very entertaining person to have on. He's going to be around for a lot more to come, but we're going to keep doing fun things, man. Like we said, we have the NFL Hunt Hint Show. We'll do stuff with some of the Reserves podcasts. And we have Jamie's air raid, air raid episode yep. as well. I'm going on this week. air raid attack. You can listen to him live on the network Fridays. I'm not sure what time, but his new episodes. Air 12 o'clock Mountain Time. 12 o'clock Mountain Time. Air yeah. on the network Mountain Time, or 12 o'clock Mountain Time. And uh, I will be going on next Tuesday, so I will be on next Friday's episode. But go check his show out. Um, big football guy. I know he covers the Broncos for U Stadium as well. So that'll be a fun conversation. Uh, he likes to put out questions to his listeners on his social media, so follow I believe it's Air Raid Attack uh, Pod on Twitter. I'll, yeah, I'll look yeah. it up real quick. If, if you guys don't like listening to, or if you like listening to me banter about Jimmy, about my Broncos, I mean, I'm very interested to see what Air Raid has to talk to Jimmy about, um, about the Broncos, because I'm sure he has some hot takes about everything, too. Yeah, follow that podcast on Twitter, Air Raid underscore podcast. Um, and then he'll, he might tweet out uh, asking for some questions. So if you have something specific you want me and him to debate, you can go ahead and reach out there. But that's going to be fun. Um, follow the network on Twitter at Network Unhinged, Instagram at Unhinged SN. Uh, if you're listening live on the network now, we air every week Wednesdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern. And uh, stay tuned for the Dust City podcast because they got a lot of Masters recap to get to 
as well. They're a full-on golf podcast, so I'm sure they love yeah. this weekend. I'm sure they loved every second of it. But, yeah, man, don't forget, like, we, we try to interact with you guys as much as we can on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever it may be. Um, don't don't be afraid be afraid to take jabs at us because yep. I make stupid takes. Jimmy makes stupid takes. We, we, we do dumb things at times, but we do get our beats of the week. We Beats of the week usually, right? So better, make sure to get the bets in there. But like we said, we're going to continue doing some more fun things with the show. Uh, it's only the beginning, like we said. We're, we're like we said, we're at 15. 15. Yeah, 15. Well, I guess 17 technically, but it, it's we're. We've only been here for three months. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and we're gonna continue rolling on, man. Not not. I'm not gonna use a sexual pun there because Jimmy already used enough for both of us. There, there <laughs> we go. Uh, but with that, for Nico Bryant, I'm Jimmy Pilato. Thank you for listening to Far End of the Bench, episode 15. We'll see you next week. Peace. This is a dollar belt. Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them pipes and I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire the beat. Elephants are getting ahead of me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man, I got the plan. I call the shooters, they out with the van. Play with the squad, get piled like a sand. Piled like a perk, I'm going ham. I'm going crazy, I'm at who's sticking up for niggas. I'm in the kitchen, compressing the bird. 